Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Never heard that voice before, but all right. This is the Stella and Moonbeam Show. What up, what up? We are talking about stress today. Stress. We don't love it. I don't know if anyone... No, actually, I was just about to say, I don't think anyone does, but there are some people who feed off of it. There are. I'm sure people who enjoy, quote-unquote, stress feed off of it, but it affects them in negative ways, too. No 100%. And they internalize it, and they don't realize how it's negatively impacting mm-hmm. them. But it does help with, like, a deadline. So do we want to do a mindfulness moment to kick it off? Moment. We're going to have a moment of mindfulness. So one that spoke to me about, um, as it relates to stress, is this moment from Headspace, which is, again, a meditation app, which is mostly free. I use the free version of it. You can get into it for free. Absolutely. Free.com. The moment that they sent me yesterday was, it's easy to feel happy and calm when you sit with a quiet mind. It's far more challenging to do so with a busy mind. Mm-hmm. And while that seems quite simple, I think that that is... So easily forgotten. Yes. We don't focus on that at all. And I think that, like, sure, if everything's going right in your day, in your world, it's pretty easy to meditate and be calm and be right. mindful and be present. But if you're stressed out, you forget all those things. Or I even find, like, sometimes you're like, oh, I need to sit, but then you have the TV on, or you're, like, playing a game, or you're doing these things that are, like, more down, but you're not quiet. Right. You know what I mean? You're still tuning out feelings or thoughts or the world. Your mind is still busy. Your mind's still doing some stuff. Right. And I think those of us who experience anxiety, which is so common these days... Uh, it's very challenging to not have a busy mind, mm-hmm. even when it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. So the challenge and the reminder is to do your best to maintain calmness and happiness when you're still busy of the mind. Right. Mm. That's deep. Oh. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's talk about stress, girl. Stress. Okay, so we... Mm sent a little back and forth about this because I think many of us, including myself, misconstrue stress. Mm -hmm. We have a hard time understanding what it is. And I think many of us often use the word stress when we actually mean anxious. Right. So I would like to talk about that a little bit. And also we can qualify it that like stress is not inherently bad, right? Like stress is, can be productive. It can help you get from point A to point B. Like if you don't have stress, there's like no urgency. But there is definitely a point where it tips over and then it's like, that's for sure taking a toll on you and it's not healthy and you can't live there. You know, you can't live in most extreme anything. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like if you were skydiving 24 hours a day. Yeah. It wouldn't be a great life. Sounds terrible. I don't think. Okay. So the actual definition of stress is, there are two, pressure or tension exerted on a material object. Sure. Yep. I am a material object. Oh my God, I can see you. Thank you so much. Yep. And the second one is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. Mm -hmm. The definition of anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I approve. Can you fact check that? I did fact check that. That feels like it gets Stella's stamp of approval. Okay, good. So it helps to understand the difference between stress and anxiety. And also I will say an anxiety disorder is not that. You can feel anxiety as a totally healthy, awesome, normal person. And then it's very different to actually experience an anxiety disorder. And it, it can manifest different ways too. It's shitty. Press as many of us out is work, right? But... I think that's one of the biggest ones that we're able to identify. Right. And that's common to be like, oh my God, work is stressing me out. Yes. It's like, it's more palatable to people, even if like, oh, your finances are stressing you out, like your relationship with your dad's stressing you out, but it's like, people aren't talking about it or it's taboo. Of and course. it's just running in the background, but when you're like, I'm so stressed at work, people are like, oh my God, girl, me too. Right. You Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There are things that we find in society appropriate mm -hmm. to call stress or, or even discuss in a group. Right. Um, but I think the largest distinction and one that I think is important to identify is that stress is largely external, whereas anxiety is largely internal. Right. Caused by right. external versus internal, whereas I think both of them can be carried internally inside oh, yeah. our own bodies yeah. and manifest in different ways. Right. Or it's like it seems like anxiety can be a reaction to a stressor. Absolutely. And so I think for my own life, I used to call everything stress because I didn't understand what anxiety was. Mm. And now I think I'm a little bit better at understanding stressors. Right. And what causes me stress. Yeah. And then the other layer to it is how that manifests itself, yeah. which sometimes can just be like a bad mood, but sometimes it can be like an ulcer. Right. <laughs> or you're sick for three weeks. Yeah. Or like, you know, it's always like the absence of something makes you really like, oh shit, that was there. Right. Because I think a lot of times we don't realize stress is something until you like go on vacation and, and yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I'm living this totally different life. And I didn't even know I was stressed. Work has been pretty chill or right. whatever. And you don't even know that it's there until it's not there. Yeah. And you're like, what? What? When you have a new set of external circumstances mm -hmm. that are pretty chill. Yeah. Then you recognize how unchill things had just been for you. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if this is true for you, but when I lived in New York, it was a necessity for me to get out of the city. Yeah. Like all the way out of the city. Oh, yeah. And go upstate or go to another state completely because... Not including Jersey does not count. Jersey does not count. That's just dipping a toe. No shade, but it's just right next door. It's a little bit of shade. No shade to Jersey. Even though it smells like a butt. Only parts. Like, like okay, I'm not going to call out the cities, but you know who you are. Secaucus can go fuck itself. <laughs> if you want the truth. So when I lived in New York, I used to go out of town all the time to maintain my sanity. And it was only when I left, like, went somewhere super quiet that right. I realized how stressful my daily existence was. Just to survive. I know when I went to Hawaii one year by myself, and then I came back. And I was like, oh my gosh, so brown, living a totally different life. Yes. And the minute I came in out of JFK and they were like, ma'am, where are you going? Where, where, where do you need a cab to? And I was like, well, I'm going to Brooklyn and I know the rules. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so immediately took on that stress. Right Literally away. from like one second of being in New York air. And that's like. No, as soon as you step foot, you're like, I'm back. Yeah. I'm, I'm back. back. And I'm in it. And. Please take the parkway. And it's like memory. Sir. It's muscle memory. Yeah. But it's of the worst kind. Yeah. It's like your brain. Yeah. You just remember. You start to kind of like, I don't know what word I could use for this, but it's like you put on your armor. Totally. You do put on your armor. And you're ready for battle. 
And I feel like daily life should not feel like that. Yeah, you pick up arms. I mean, I lived to I lived in New York for a long time, so I'm not gonna shit on my my own life there. But I think that I justified a large part of my existence because I wanted to convince myself that it was a nice life I was living. And I actually enjoyed it. I mean, I felt like definitely like I was picking up arms when I got there. Yeah. But I also think it served me and it worked for my personality. Oh, good. You know, there's pros too. Like now we're walking around LA, like everyone just seems to like not understand that that's a corner and you know, kind of like wait and then cross and <laughs> maybe check out your surroundings. I do that though. You know, people I are do just that. kind of like wandering and I'm like, all right, well, okay, this is very different. Um, pedestrians. Pedestrians are, they're just uncommon and weird out here. New Yorkers are really good at being a pedestrian. Well, they're also pedestrians rule in New York. Yeah. Like they have right of way no matter what. In charge. And there's no way you're going to do anything. No. Here, they don't have right of way and they don't know that. Like they're like, it's red? What? <laughs> like I can't actually see the light over my kombucha. Oh my gosh. But, I was just trying to Instagram my feet. But don't you also feel like... You only ever encounter, like, three other people if you're walking in L.A.? Where I live, I actually encounter a lot of people. Okay, you're right. Unfortunately. East side. Not even just east side. Just literally my four-block strip. And then once you stray from that, there's nobody. Okay. And then... Because I walk all the time. And you don't see people. No. No, I know. Nobody walks in L.A. That song remains true. That is a fact. But then nobody walks in L.A. I think they walk in Santa Monica. You know who walks in L.A.? Moonbeams. Yeah. And I, I do walk dogs. I walk in L.A. I, I mean, I might be one of the few people. Yeah. I think other people that I walk by in L.A. are actually not walking in L.A. They're, like, walking to their cars in L.A. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I just happen to catch them in that one block strip. Yeah. So it seems crowded, but it's an illusion. Well, anyway. Yeah, yeah that's, no. we derailed a little bit. Yeah, but my point was, I just, the stress to me in New York did serve me and I was super productive and I got a lot of things done. Also, there was like a different awareness and like I know I'm able to take on shit and like not be one of these lackadaisical even walkers, you know? Yeah. And there's different work ethic. I think there's good things, but that's the thing on the spectrum. You got to hang out in the middle and not be too lax or too I mean, too it's, stressed. it's a struggle. It's not easy to mm. do and you're kind of constantly evaluating all these different pieces of your life yeah at least I am in an attempt to maintain balance and I do kind of feel mm. like as a Libra it's just innate it's right. a part of me like I have to constantly be searching for some sort of balance yeah and I rarely find it spoiler alert well when I was in New York my balance looked more of like it was three months on, and then I had to, like, really check out for a month and just... But like, where would you do that? In my house. I would hibernate. Oh. Um, staycations. Not, I mean, it didn't feel like a staycation. just felt like a recovery because it would be, like, I'm on the road, you know, five days a week, and then I'm, like, seeing a lot of people, which is draining to me and spending energy and having deadlines. And, like, it was cool. I was, like, building businesses and making money and making connections, but then... That balance meant like, well, I'm just going to sit here for some solid amount of time and not do anything and then I can come back and join you. Whereas like here, the balance is I'm able to make it more daily yeah. or at least weekly. weekly. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. I might have like two mm. tough days in any given week, right. but I know I give myself the opportunity to recover on another day in the same yeah. week. Yeah. And I build that in, though. Yeah. I think saying no to things is super important, which is a lesson that I'm sort of constantly relearning. Yeah. 
which is just like, no, you're not capable of managing these 30 requests in this one week. No. So you have to say no to 20 of them. Yeah. And you can do the other 10. Right. And that's challenging. I mean, it's not like people are blowing me up all day, every day, asking me to go to prom or like... Do you not? No prom proposals? That's so weird. So far this year, and honestly, I feel like it's kind of rude because it's coming up. Yeah. No one has asked me. You're down trending. How many retweets for Idris Elba to take me to prom? What prom? You guys are going to crash a prom? Because neither of you are I would are like to crash age. a prom with Idris, even though he just got engaged. Yeah. I haven't not, heard anyone say anything. He's not really pressed about, about that. I think he's all right. I want to talk about the culture of working our asses off yeah. and constantly being stressed because of the work that we're doing yeah. and how that is somehow a badge of honor. It's celebrated. Exactly. I will say when we worked together, we had distributors in other countries right? and the European ones had their shit together. They were like, yo, I'll be gone for these two months as will everyone else in my country and right. the surrounding countries. And I don't care if you need money. I don't care if you need orders. I'm not here. I'm not here. Bye. We're going to be vacationing at the lake, me and my family. Yeah. And I will not respond to your emails. No. And that's that. And I'll see you then. Bye. That's a totally different culture. And everyone, like, was into it. And they didn't give any fucks if you were into it or not. And I will still tell you, they still made just as many dollars. They sold just as much stuff. Right. They were just as productive and stand-up human beings. And that is cultural. Right. And, like, here, it's more celebrated to be like, oh, but I'm so busy. Or I'm, like, so working. Or, like, I'm on vacation, but I'm checking my email. Yeah. Or just, like, pulling another 12-hour day. Yeah. It's so like, casual. I'm sorry, but and I'm we're like, not meant to work 12-hour days. No. That's not normal. It's not. It should not be normal. So I had a job where I think quarterly we were just meant to work 12-hour days every single day, seven days a week, right? for like two or three week stretches. Right. And that was just normalized, and that's just what's expected of you when you come into this company. Yeah. And I feel like I was literally the only person there who was like, hold up. Like, yeah. <laughs> I did not sign up for that. No. And I think for myself, after maybe six days of working straight or eight days of working straight, I was like, okay, I need a break. And then those long hours, I just had no balance. There was no balance. There was no. no downtime. It was sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, work. Yeah. And the thing that sucks, though, too, is it wasn't like you did that for this finite period of time and they're like, okay, no, everyone, like, take some remote days. We're doing every Friday off. There was no swing back the other way. Right. But also, there wasn't even a thank you. No. It wasn't a, oh my gosh, you guys are such it great like, employees. This is life. It was like, how dare you complain about any aspect of this? Yeah. You should be so honored to work for this company. So rude. And I felt like the outsider. Right. I was the one where I was looking around like, hello, is anyone in on this with me? Yeah. This is nuts, you guys. Also, it's not like you were overly sensitive. Like physically, it's a lot. And also... I know what kind of work you do, and I can't imagine the people who pull those types of hours all the time. Like, the majority of them aren't doing amazing work. Completely. You know, like... Oh, and they're all rude as hell. Yeah, he's on Amazon. I don't know what you think he's doing, but he's definitely... I mean, I worked hard. I hard. worked really hard for a really long time. And you're smart, but even if you started off, like, the top, the highest class of worker B... It's going to deteriorate, like just Completely. physically, like you, what did you think was going to happen? No, we would just be staring at numbers at midnight and after working for 14 hours that day and just literally staring at numbers, unable to determine what we were looking at. Right. And it's like, why would you even ask 
your employees to do something like that when the work itself is not going to be the best. No. I have a theory that no one should work more than six hours a day. I think that's about right. Thank you. And when I I'll write my first five. book, I'd love five. a five. Yeah, I'd love a five. But I think it should max six. And I think most people's output is closer to like four hours a day. I would say like people who work in offices and like no shade to my friends, but the ones who hit me up on Gchat, I'm like... Is this what me? You do? No. I'm like, is this what you do with your time? I did. But that's what I'm saying. I'm like, full time. I was like fully engaged and like taking a couple breaks, but I'm like. No, you have a really good work ethic. I was like, is no one else doing this? No. No you, one else is here for this? You have a really, really strong work ethic, I must say. But it's also, that's my nature. So that's fine. I don't expect everyone to be at the same level of anything, but I'm like, okay, let's call the charade. We're only putting in four hours with several breaks and, like, pretend shit in between. 100%. You know. So why not just let me loose at 2 p.m.? Yeah, bye. Just call it then a day. Then I'll come I'll back so much happier. I will be thrilled to come in tomorrow morning. All right, well, I'm going to get this petition started, so. Thank you yeah. so much. All right. So, okay, so work is one of our biggest stressors, right? And then we have family, we have relationships, we have... Okay, I will say, I think work is a big stressor because... A lot of us have to work to survive or to do things we care about. Which is rude as hell. Yeah. But the other thing, I don't know if it's more or just we're talking about it more. Because, like, recently my family has been stressing me out and I'm aware of it. And I specifically thought, like, oh, okay, this is something I'm going to have to take on and tackle and allow some extra space for. Mm. I think that's happening to a lot of people who are just, like, moving right along and not realizing or not stopping, you know, to do something about yeah. it. And so it's weighing. Like, I can function during the day, but it definitely, it's like this background thing. And I know it's there. I suspect a lot of people have that and they don't even know yeah. what it is. No, and they internalize it. Yeah. And only terrible things can happen. Yeah, so you started with this, like, okay, your family's stressing out. You never figured it out. And then you end up, like, just yelling one day at work and you think, oh, wow. Hey, where'd that come from? It's like, well, that was misplaced. Yeah, it came from someplace else. <laughs> yeah. You yelling at the cashier actually had nothing to do with the 20 cent off coupon you were trying to use. Right. It was actually Bed Bath Beyond is heaven. Yeah, it was actually that your family's passive aggressive. So Yeah. Whoops. Up. I mean, that takes a lot of work. It does. And I know not everyone there, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I hope people at least start to acknowledge. You know, like, I was really bummed for a fucking week because one of my best friends, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And it was disappointing. But luckily, I had the mind space at the time, which is not always available, and the awareness to be like, this is something. And I don't know if I can solve it, but I'm aware that this is something happening right. in my life right now. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think the, the baseline expectation of yourself can be that you can identify that you are stressed yeah but maybe you can't pinpoint exactly what the thing is mm -hmm. but if you can say listen I'm stressed then you can work from there yeah on trying to de-stress yeah so I want to hear about some of the things you do to de-stress we've already talked about leaving town leaving town okay for me I like physical movement and I like it where it causes me to be so engaged in something that there's no space for anything else. Ooh, what so would be an example? I like kickboxing for that reason. Okay. And I like 
uh, yoga for that reason because I'm so focused on the task at hand versus like when I work out at home, I'm like looking around and I'm doing some squats and I'm yeah. kind of like calculating some shit in my head. Right. But when it's so physically, can think about is like I need to catch a breath and like maybe I can get some water to my lips at you this moment. You have to be present. You have to be so present. That's and that's really why I really smart. like those intense things because it it forces you to be out of your head and in a, in a different space. And for me, it's like a total release. And also kickboxing and yoga are like kind of opposite end of the spectrum. One's really aggressive and one could be like the chillest shit ever. Yes. And I like that they both can have that same effect. Right. You know, and I suspect there are other things I haven't tried, like, you know, Tai Chi. And the I, movement. I wish everyone could see the movement that you're doing right it's now. It's really graceful. It's not anything. It's, you knew what I was doing. No, you were doing Moana. I was doing- <laughs> you were doing the intro to Moana. I'm not mad at that. So that's cute. So you do some kickboxing and some yoga. Those are both super duper solutions. I do do? masturbate. Oh, I was going to (laughs) say, sometimes I do. You know what I will say about masturbation? For me, I know when I'm having urges or when I'm like, oh, I just need a release. I don't always connect it with stress. Although I'm pretty sure a lot of it is connected. For me, I don't know what it is. And then I'm like, oh. Yeah. And it is. Stress. Yeah. So I'm glad you're aware of it. Hell yeah. And you need it. Sometimes you need that release. They need that and they don't even know. And I feel sad for them. Me too. And you know what? I I know that it's still taboo to talk about, but like, I think literally all of us do it. Yeah. Probably some of us do it with shame. I don't. No. I've never done it with shame. And my vibrator is loud and my apartment uh, carries sound. It's great. But you know what? Here I am. It's your apartment hashtag, hashtag masturbation pro positive. For Self-love. Your, it's for your apartment complex to know about. Pass it on. Let them know. I want to hear some other vibrators going on Let's in some go. Other Let's go. Let's go, So that is a big one for me. It sounds silly, but it is. And I'm really, I'm really efficient. Yeah. You know what gets you in, gets you out. Done. Two minutes. Yeah. Get in there. Two minutes. I can hop in the shower and still make it to whatever I need to do. Yeah. I'm not saying I have to cleanse myself afterwards. No, no, no. <laughs> you, were, you were doing like some Hail Mary. I don't do a Catholic ritual no, post-masturbation. Not douche. No. So no. yoga, I practice yoga for sure. I think it's important too to recognize when that external stress becomes physical for you. Mm. And one thing that I know to be true about women is that we hold a lot of our stress in our hips. So one thing that I do a lot is hip, open hip openers. Hips. Yes, and I, I do a lot of emotions in your hips too. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I cry, and it and it seems severe when it's happening. Even though I am a crier, and I'm like pretty closely connected to my emotions, but sometimes I'll just be laying in a hip opener position, and I feel ready to cry. I've definitely been in a few yoga classes where we do hip opening and people are just breaking down. Right. I mean, it's some real shit that can be locked up in there. Mm -hmm. So I do do that. I recently learned how to practice Reiki. Yeah. And Does that help? So far, I've only been doing it on myself. Yeah, but do you notice a difference? Or can you use it as like a tool, you think, as you develop it? I think that I will eventually be able to. I think that right now it's Mm -hmm. so light. Mm. And so it's like I'm not able to actually see the impact of it because it's pretty gentle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not like this big moment that happens. But sometimes it doesn't have to be a big moment. Right. Totally. I'm just saying I don't know. I'm not that great at recognizing it yet. Yeah. Like pre and post. Right. Um, but I think that 
physical stuff often helps because we do carry that stuff in our bodies whether or not we realize it and I know people with chronic back pain and people with chronic you know neck pain and I think that those things more often than not come from stress well yeah I mean you're tensing in your body also like your brain is physically a thing in your body and sending signals so like of course if you're thinking about something and it's affecting you even if you're not translating it to other body parts or muscles or nerves or whatever yeah it's physically in your brain absolutely someplace and you're dealing with it if only we were biochemists and we understood how that worked but we're just still in movie I feel pretty solid about that. I mean, I'm made of stardust. Those are my qualifications. <laughs> so I feel pretty good. Okay. So I tend to focus on low-cost or free solutions because I am often underfunded yeah. in my own life. Right. So, but if you have all the money in the world, then I would suggest getting regular massages like as oh such God. a simple solution. An angel friend of mine gifted me a massage that I... I cashed in last week and I was like, I deserve to be rubbed down at least once a week. Yeah. You know, I bought two massages. With oils. Two massages for his birthday. Yeah, He has not used them. And I almost wanted to snatch them and use them myself as a way to teach him a lesson. Yeah. That's rude. There are a bunch of things you can do for yourself if you have the money to do it. But I think there's so much we can do at home. And what you said about just closing yourself off a little bit, shutting things down is super important. Saying no to things, physical work like kickboxing or soul cycle or yoga or even a massage. But I think even, okay, to me, the reason why I choose kickboxing and yoga and what I said is because I'm completely absorbed in it. And I think that's a thing is allowing yourself to be present because maybe a different type of exercise does work for you. Or maybe being on the bike helps you zone out. I don't know. I can't determine that. But I also know if I do yoga in my house and I'm distracted, that shit does not work. You know, like it has to be a presence of mind and like a total You have to force yourself to be present. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, again, it could be like fucking lie down in a park. Like I don't, that's pretty free. I don't, maybe that does it for you. It's mostly free. Or, you know, lie in a bath. Oh, yeah. That's pretty free. Sure. Unless, but that's that's the thing is if you're like a weird germaphobe and you hate water, that would not be your solution. That would be very stressful. Right. You got to figure out what your things are. Your things. Yeah, true. Because sometimes I'll take a walk if I feel a little bit stressed, but then my brain's still like fully active and thinking every thought. So it doesn't feel, I don't come back home being like, oh, oh thank God. Yeah. Woo. You know, I do with walks. I don't do them as much anymore, but I did for a while. Mindful movement meditation oh yeah and so it would be like literally you become aware of every step or like just like really being in your body like oh I'm rolling through my toe and stuff like that where it brings you back into like I'm walking yeah then fully walk right we're not just fairies dancing about not before five yeah (laughs) okay I don't even think it's important to talk about all the different types of stress we get it yeah we need to do some takeaways though so bottom line Bottom line. So I will say, okay, so stress is, when you manage your stress, you're going to keep doing that? Okay. When you manage your stress, you are managing your mental health because that is directly in your mentality and in your health. Yeah. And also it can affect your mental health as other things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for me, uh, something that I've learned over the past few years is that when I'm feeling stressed or when I'm feeling anxiety... I and and they are often related. 
I tend to focus on those things that I can control. Right. And that's been a really positive exercise I've learned. Um, and there are different tools that can help ground you. You know, they're called grounding exercises. But right. I tend to focus on those things that I can take control of. Yeah, even if it's the smallest thing. It could be quite small, but it's like, I can go for a walk. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do that. Yeah. I can turn off my phone mm -hmm. and not engage with anyone or look at the internet take a social media break yeah um or even if you are feeling like you need to do all these bajillion things and no matter what you do you're always going to think about them it's yeah. like well then take on those things you know you can start with the little things like right. start on your to-do list right if you can't step away then like just do the little like schedule a call right you know or whatever yeah do the things you can do yeah don't beat yourself up about the things you cannot do and be honest with yourself and with other people I found that when I am just like profoundly honest with someone about what my mental state is yeah they're pretty kind yeah and I think most of us don't don't address those things like hey I'm actually really overworked I can't take this on right now and people are like oh that's fine mm -hmm. so you don't have to do all the things it sounds like you're saying the serenity prayer. What are they? What is the it? The serenity prayer is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, purge to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. I wrote that. Oh, you did? I wrote that. I in, did not. I think no. it was 18... I was going to say, was it like 15? 1892? No, it was like 1815, I feel like. Oh my God, you're even before the guy that we think wrote it. Wow. Well, I told him. Oh, you told he him. He was my neighbor. That's, you look great for your age. Thank you so much. Let me just see the picture they got of me. <laughs> Look it up on the Wikipedia. That's our photo. That's Moonbeam. <laughs> okay. That's good. Nope. Was it? I think. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Stella and Moonbeam show. Our music is by David Bowick. We need your ratings and reviews. Please leave us stars and your thoughts on Apple Podcasts so we can keep growing and going and find more people we can bring in to talk about mental health. Thanks again and thanks in advance. That's genius. I'm so smart. Are you? Yes, and you're my podcast partner, so you should feel that way about me too. I might feel like I'm carrying it. <laughs>